Welcome to The Body Nerd Show. I'm your host, Alexandra Ellis, and after a decade in the fitness industry, I've finally cracked the code on how you can build sustainable strength without getting hurt. I'm a coach, writer, yogi, kettlebell devotee, lover of lifting heavy things, and 100% a body nerd. So stick with me, and I'll teach you how to make body maintenance and movement mastery a fundamental part of your wellness routine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back. You're listening to episode 165 of The Body Nerd Show. On today's episode, I'm joined by movement coach Holly Middleton, and we're talking about foot pain and why foot pain is more than just your feet, why overpronation isn't as bad as the shoe companies want you to think, and how to build a stronger foundation starting with your feet. So Holly is a former competitive dancer, turned movement coach and physiotherapy assistant with a PhD in biology. She is like the epitome of a body nerd. And I just, I love her so much. She, her PhD in biology is on the movement of animals, but I just love how passionate she is about moving and not just movement, but like moving well and helping you to get out of that pain cycle. Her main modality is something called anatomy in motion, which she'll talk more about. And it's a blueprint of human movement using the gait cycle and looking at the whole body and how it's affected. And anatomy in motion has a big focus on foot function and the role your foot mechanics plays in the entire body. And that's where that gait cycle piece or walking comes into play as well. So when Holly reached out and mentioned all of the things she nerds out about, I was like, we need to talk about feet because I've been hearing from so many of you that foot pain, heel pain, lower leg issues have been bugging you. And so I wanted Holly to come on and help shine some light on what we should be thinking about when it comes to foot pain. So if you have anything going on, literally like knee down, although once you start listening to this episode, you're gonna realize if you have anything, period, Holly has some great insight to share with us. So enjoy my conversation with Holly Middleton. Welcome, Holly. I am so glad that you are here with us today. And let's start at the same place that I start with everybody, which is what do you like to get nerdy about? Oh boy, that's sort of a big topic because I'm a lifelong nerd. Yeah. <laughs> the way I grew up, I grew up with a bunch of educators. So my parents were into natural history, so into nature. And I learned how to identify birds and bugs and plants at a very young age. And as you know, some of the most nerdy people in the world are bird watchers. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know that. Oh my gosh, tell me more. Nerdy with their binoculars and memorizing silly little facts. So that's how I started off was I'm a born and raised nerd. And so (laughs) it it never ended. As As I got a bit older, I became a ballet nerd. And so I immersed myself 100% in the ballet world, watching videos. Back in the day, we had to get VHS videos from the library. I would pour over those and I just became a total nerd about ballet. And Mm -hmm. then all of that didn't transpire into a career. And then I went back to science again and became a nerd. I went through my undergrad, master's and PhD in biology. So I became a big nerd about conservation biology. And then that career ended. And then I went into being a body nerd. So I had a bunch of injuries. I was really frustrated with them. And I decided to start trying to understand my body a bit better and figuring it out. And that's when I discovered the work that I do now, which is essentially looking at the fine details of the movement of every bone and every joint in your body through the gait cycle. So I'm a walking nerd now. (laughs) 
mm-hmm. <laughs> walking nerd, bone nerd, foot nerd, all those things. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of my trajectory as a lifelong nerd. Yes. Well, I'm so <laughs> grateful that our paths cross because we are simpatico for sure when it comes yes. to the lifelong nerd. And I think that's so you know important to what you mentioned about the gait cycle, right? Because walking is something that we do without thinking. And the body is so good at getting you from point A to point B at whatever cost, even if that's not necessarily helpful or efficient for movement. So I mean, I know that's like a big, big, big thing to start with, but like, where do you start when you work with people too, with, when it comes to like gait and the foot and, and all of that? Sure. So one thing that we like to think about is that, oh, my body is broken. My body is betraying me. My body is not letting me do the things that I want to do. But the fact is that our bodies are super clever. Mm -hmm. Our body is getting it done somehow, you know, like you're born and everything works the way it's supposed to work mostly. And then you stub your toe, you fall, you break an arm, you know, all these things, these negotiations start happening in your body. And so then your body's having to still get from A to B, but it's got to get a bit creative and figure out what's the most efficient way to do it that doesn't hurt at the same time. So it like goes through this negotiation and figures out, okay, well, we're going to stop moving the thing that hurts, but something else has to do the work. So then your body becomes this big negotiation of Mm -hmm. piecemeal things that have to happen, but it's still as efficient as it can possibly be. Because as human beings, we're efficiency machines, like our nutrition and everything that we do, we're trying to conserve energy and try to get things done efficiently. Well, your body's the same with movement, still is trying to get it done but what's the way that's the easiest that doesn't hurt? So that's sort of how we walk around in our our daily lives is still getting it done. High five body. Great. You're doing it great. But then we start beating up on our bodies like, oh, my knee hurts and this hurts and I feel old and all this bothers me. But we have to also appreciate what your body's doing for you. It's still getting your day done for you. But after a while, after all those injuries pile up, then something starts to hurt. Maybe it's probably in your, well, the people I see are 30s to 60s, where you're like, okay, I need to stop and do something about this. And that's when people start coming to me. They're like, I heard you do something different. You work with the feet, you work with the bones, you work with walking. I'm not sure what it is, but my girlfriend (laughs) told me this is really good. (laughs) So (laughs) they come to see me. And what happens is that your nervous system is essentially graying out, you know, like on the internet, you have parts, you're not, you haven't paid for them yet. You're not allowed to access them. So your body, essentially your nervous system grays out those areas of danger zones of last time we did that, that was bad. And so you've completely forgotten that you even own that range of motion. Like it's just not even in your radar. Mm -hmm. And so what I do is I go through, I do like a, a full gait analysis. I do a full history on your body and try to figure out when was the point when your body started to hurt and what happened before that. So what's sort of those negotiations that happened in your body that eventually turned into plantar fasciitis or your knee hurting or your neck being stiff all the time, whatever it was, we piece those together. And part of that is with the gait cycle, looking at what you've deleted from your awareness without you knowing it. So Mm -hmm. when I go through my assessments with people, I go through a screening of their awareness of how to move each joint in their body. And most people tell me, I had no idea that my body wasn't doing those things. Even people like myself, when I was a dancer, I've been a dancer for 30 years. And I think I know my body pretty well. 
And when I started this process, I had no idea that my body had grayed out these areas in my movement. And that Mm -hmm. that was the key to me actually getting out of these frustrating foot pains and strains in my lower back that happened when I sneezed cross-legged and ridiculous things like this. (laughs) That I had no idea that these things were happening. So your body is very, very good at being efficient and getting it done and making sure you're not distracted by the things it doesn't want you to know. Mm-hmm. It's just really, really good at those things. And so that's the beauty of the work that I do is it's super simple, even though it's complex. It's simple that it tells you that, aha, I had no idea that that was the why behind the pain that I have. And it's as simple as learning how to tilt my pelvis again, yeah. you know, being able to coordinate those things together. So uh, simple isn't easy necessarily, but it's bringing back those simple things, those foundational movements that your body needs in order to find its own way out of pain. Mm -hmm. Simple isn't easy. That is like, oh my gosh, if that isn't literally what we do, it's so true, right? And I love what you're saying too about, you know, this idea of areas of your body graying out. I'm thinking even for myself, I'm like, oh, you know, my neck has been feeling kind of stiff. Well, I'm not moving it in all of the ways. And it's not just, you know, a circle or something, but what are all of the, you know, the refined movements I can do to make sure that my body has been mapped entirely. And through that process too, finding where the discomfort, the tension, the pain is, and then you can address that, right? Instead of just like, well, I'm never going to move this again. I'm never going to do it because like it hurts. Now, when it comes to feet, you mentioned as well plantar fasciitis, which I think is a super, super, super common thing. And I think that most people, I would say, before they become body nerds, right, they practice waiting it out, right? I'm just going to wait for this to go away and then see what happens from there. And I guess I should probably wear these arch supports for the rest of my days. When it comes to, you know, foot issues specifically, what are some things that we can be thinking about or doing to improve the health of our feet overall? Yeah, it's a good question because our feet are probably the part of our bodies that we ignore. Like if you even look at people who are trained in the body, doctors and different types of medical practitioners, even I'm a trained personal trainer, we don't know a lot about the feet or we're not trained in it at all. It's sort of this black box. It's down there on the bottom and just ignore it until it hurts. Go see a specialist. But what we don't realize is that it's your foundation. It's like the foundation of the building of your house. And if we're not aware of the things that it's supposed to do, then we're missing out on the entire chain of command through your entire body. So the way that your foot rests on the ground and the way that you're able to move or not move the joints in your feet is going to have a a ripple effect all the way up to the rest of your body and vice versa all the way back down. So if you, you know, hurt your shoulder, you probably changed the way your posture was and how you moved, which trickled all the way down to your feet and how you move your feet. And so what we don't realize is that your foot may hurt, but it may not be your feet at all. There's mm-hmm. a great quote from, do you know, Ida Rolf, you know, rolfing mm-hmm. the yeah, mm-hmm. that technique. She says, where you think it is, it ain't. Mm-hmm. So, so true. The thing that's hurting is just sort of the canary in the coal mine. And sometimes it's people's feet. It's plantar fasciitis. It's, you know, neuromas. It's, you know, heel pain. It's, you know, uh, bunions. It's a whole bunch of, you know, a mixed bag of things that you might have. And what we don't realize is that your feet are craving movement, just like the rest of your body. Your feet have, what is it, 26 bones, 33 joints, Mm -hmm. and two shapes that they need to make well. They need to pronate and they need to supinate. Mm -hmm. And they need to do those well. So 
A proper pronation is when all of the arches, all three, sometimes some people argue four, of your arches drop down to the ground. So all of those tissues on the bottom of your foot open up. And the tissues on the inside of your foot, so more towards your midline of your body, they open up as you, you put pressure onto your foot. And we want those to open up in three dimensions. So forward and back, side to side, and the rotation plane. So all three of those planes of motion are in play in all those joints in your feet. But we also want to have a stable tripod under there. So you may drop all your arches, but your foot is stuck like a paddle and it just goes bloop, <laughs> bloop side to side. Yeah. We're just on audio here, but I'm, I'm showing a paddle where the foot is just paddling side to side, but there's no shape change at all. There's no joints opening and closing in your foot. So a pronation requires a nice stable tripod. So everything can spread out. All those joints can spread out on the floor and you're stable there. So you're not going to feel wobbly and like you're going to topple over. And so people that have plantar fasciitis, often it's that all those joints are stuck open. So all the tissues around those joints are just always being yanked on. You imagine how exhausting that is, is like the dog on a leash that never stops pulling you and how exhausting that is. And all you want to do is for the dog to sit for a moment so you can catch up to it, right? (laughs) The analogy of the muscles being able to relax. So we need to be able to pronate well. And sometimes plantar fasciitis and having all those tissues open means that your body above it can't support you to be able to get out of that position. So everything, gravity is just doing its job, pulling the weight of your body down and just leaving those tissues open and they're screaming at you. They're Mm -hmm. saying, supinate me. So Mm -hmm. supination is the opposite of pronation. So if pronation is all the joints opening, everything spreading out, your foot getting longer and wider, then supination is all of those arches lifting up again. So I have the analogy of like those bridges that you have in Europe that are all stones, you know, like there's an arch of stones with a road on the top of it. If you disassembled all of those, so those are the bones in your feet, you disassembled all of those and lay them on the shore, it's going to be a longer stretch than if they were all together, right? So a pronation is like all those stones in the bridge are being laid out on the shore. And then when you stack them back up together, as that arch lifts, it gets shorter. So your foot's getting shorter and narrower. Your arches are lifting up. And again, the important thing is that tripod, the tripod underneath your foot. So you're stable with that shape of the arches lifting up. All the bones are locking together so that it's nice and rigid and firm and it can hold your body weight. And so we need to be able to do both of those things. We need just two shapes, pronation and supination. And if you're not, then you're getting that from somewhere else in your body. So it's just like everything adds up to 100% that you can't have more or less. And if you're not having 100% of that movement where it belongs, you're going to borrow from somewhere else. So maybe it's a tight hip flexor or an upset neck or somewhere else. Something else is doing the work for you instead. So we want to redistribute that work so that your feet can do their job and they can take the load off of somewhere else in your body. So everything can do only its task and not the task of someone else. It's like... um, being in a conveyor belt or like, you know, like in a, an assembly line and someone goes on a break and doesn't tell you. And then you have to like, and after a while you're like, dude, like this is unfair. And then you, you put up your hand, you're like, manager, um, <laughs> excuse me, this isn't fair. So that's what we're doing is essentially giving back all of the workers on the conveyor belt. They all have their role to play and everyone's like, this is a great team. We're happy. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by AE Wellness Mobility Assessments. 
Not sure what you should be doing for mobility? Well, instead of trying a bazillion things and spending hours a day, get strategic coaching with a mobility assessment with me. You'll get your personalized mobility workout plan with the best mobilizations and activations just for you. Plus, all of your videos will be organized in custom playlists to keep things simple. So here's how it works. You send me a video doing four specific moves. I'll tell you ahead of time what they are, and I'll use that to create your mobility workout plan. We'll meet together for two video calls. The first one to set up the plan, make sure I'm covering everything you need. And the second will be a few weeks later for any questions or issues that come up. Now here's the best part. You can save $50 off your mobility assessment when you use the code BODYNERD at checkout. So learn more and get started with a mobility assessment by heading on over to aewellness.com slash mobility. And don't forget, use the code BODYNERD at checkout. All right, let's get back to the episode. I can't even begin to tell you how many times I have tried to wrap my brain around pronation and supination and the way you just described it. I was like, oh, I wish everyone described it as that of, yeah, this like, you know, opening of the foot where the arches, but even I feel like it's often described as like a bad thing, right? Like, oh, your feet over pronate and you need to get a shoe that corrects over pronation. And it's really like, no, your foot should be able to move in all of these ways. And if it is not, somebody else will, you know, and people are like, oh, my ankles are so tight or my calves are so stinking tight. Yes. It's like, yeah, because your feet, because of shoes that are preventing over pronation or this or that or the other are preventing that natural movement from occurring. Yeah, so there's a few subtleties there as well. So there's a, a term that you used, which is overpronation. And overpronation is something that we all understand. We've all heard that or flat feet or collapsed arches. We've heard those before. So the way we look at it is that you either pronate or you're not. So you can't overpronate. It's kind of like being very dead, right? <laughs> you're either dead or you're not. <laughs> so yeah. you can't over pronate because if you over pronate then you're pronating down below the floor <laughs> maybe right. something like that so when people talk about over pronation they're meaning either that you don't have a good tripod so your foot is just paddling along it's not changing its shape or there's any number of other things that might be going on where you're having what looks like a set of collapsed arches so you're not able to get out of that. And we like to vilify pronation, like you say, because yeah. we don't want to be stuck in flat feet. Because if you if you do that, then there's a whole bunch of things that your body isn't going to be able to do. You're going to have maybe sleepy glutes, sore shoulders, you know, a whole list of things that your body isn't going to be able to do because you've loaded up all those tissues and they're like, okay, we're ready to go. But then nothing happens. So you never mm -hmm. actually get to use those muscles that you've loaded up. And so they're just on a permanent coffee break. So what we want to do is your feet, because you have so you have, what is it? A quarter of the joints in your body or in your feet. Your feet right now, there's no reason why nature gave us that many joints to not move them. Mm -hmm. If your feet weren't meant to move, we would have two bones in there, right? Right. Yeah. They look <laughs> like a knee. Because there are so many joints in there, there's, they're there for a reason. So we want to be able to move them the way they're designed to. And that's why we want to be able to pronate well and then get out 
of that pronation. As equally as people can be stuck in any number of configurations of bones that won't move. You could be in what looks like an overpronation. You could be in an incredibly supinated foot or any number of other things. And so what we want to do is get curious about, so what are the consequences of my foot being in a position it can't get out of? And why might it be like that? Why, I think, is my most important question as a practitioner. Why are you mm -hmm. like that? What mm -hmm. can we do to help you teach your body what it already knows? Because it's not like learning the violin. You've never learned the violin before. You've walked before. You've walked like this before you were injured or before you became a fencer or a, a desk jockey. Before you were doing that, you were doing these things. So it's just reminding your body of what it already knows through giving it cues and, and having someone with an eye that knows what should move when and how to get it to go. So mm -hmm. it's all figure outable. I know a lot of people will say, well, I want a quick solution. I don't think your read your listeners would be in, in that pool where they just, just give me a pill, massage it, do something and I'm done. Right. They want to know what it is that is the underlying cause. Why is it that I'm feeling the way I am and how can I get myself into a position where my feet relearn what they already know, and they're able to do their thing. And often we talk about, like, I, I wear minimal shoes. That's my preference. That's what I really like. But we want our feet to be able to boss around our shoes rather than our shoes bossing around our feet. So we should be able to choose what we want. It's just like balance in our lives. I'm not yeah. going to tell you not to have a glass of wine, Right. Do your thing, but understand what, you know, what your choices are and what the consequences yeah. are. So sometimes I'll wear heels or something. I'm not going to tell someone don't ever wear anything except barefoot <laughs> shoes because it's not life. That's not yeah. realistic. You're going to go out yeah. on a nice date night. You're going to wear heels because it feels nice to wear them. And then you're going to figure out how your body is reacting to that. You know how to unravel that. Yeah. Or if you're in a pair of shoes that are a bit restrictive, your feet have the capacity and the understanding of how to move well. So they boss the shoes around. Your mm -hmm. shoes aren't bossing your feet around. Mm -hmm. So we want to choose shoes that allow us to move the way that feels best. Allow mm -hmm. our feet to do the things that they need to do, but also have feet that can do the work that they're supposed to do. Rather than sometimes we rely on, well, maybe my barefoot shoes will be the thing that will help me. Well, yes, but that's not the whole piece of the puzzle. No. Yeah. You need to teach your body how to then know what to do with those shoes and not be like to suddenly go from standard shoes to barefoot shoes. And then you see so many times people are like, my feet hurt, my calves hurt. I'm in so much pain. Well, it's kind of like, okay, you're going to go from not being a track and field athlete to running five laps of the track, <laughs> you're going right. to be sore. Yeah. Right. So you need Every to be day. able to get yourself there. Yeah. Definitely progressive training when it comes to barefoot shoes. That's for sure. I remember when, um, like the Vibrams came out that there was like this, Oh, they're so bad for you. It's because people went and got them and then were doing their miles and miles and miles of running and training. Like they did on concrete in these, you know, minimal shoes with no training. And it's like, yeah, you wouldn't take grandma to go hike, you know, Everest on her first day out of the house post-surgery. It's like the same idea, like gradual for sure. Yeah. Now I know you live in a place that actually has winter and I do not. So what do you do? That's debatable. <laughs> Well, I don't know. You're, you're out there in Canada. It gets cold. You know, I can get away. I don't, but I could wear, you know, minimal shoes 
24 seven, 365. So what about for like winter? Do you have minimal boots? Do you have a certain like, uh, you know, foot care plan that you follow during those times where you're in a more restrictive shoe? So I live in Vancouver, which is essentially a temperate rainforest. So it's uh, wet. (laughs) (laughs) We get snow maybe two days a year and then it melts and then it goes away. So um, my winter is more about staying dry rather Mm -hmm. than warm. And Mm -hmm. uh, being a Canadian born and raised, I'm cold hardy, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I spend most of my time, I have two pairs of shoes I wear. I wear Liguanos, which are I don't know what you call it. the fabric is uh, like water can get through them really easily. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I have a, a pair of uh, Vivo boots that I Ooh. wear when it's a bit wetter, but most of my commuting is done with my bike. So I have shoe covers to keep them dry mm-hmm. when I'm out commuting when it's raining. So I'm not a really avid hiker. I'm more of a forest wanderer. <laughs> so we have tons and tons of beautiful mountains here, but I'm not one of the types of people who wants to climb a mountain. And like, I want to look at the mushrooms and listen to the birds <laughs> and right, like a completely different mindset. So yeah. when I hike, I don't really hike. I still wear my, my Liguanos because I'm not really, I'm not doing anything technical. Yeah. And I found, um, you know, a friend of mine will do a seven mile hike here in LA and the terrain here is very sandy and rocky and hard packed dirt. And the first time I did wear more minimal shoes and my feet were just destroyed. They were so tired for all the same reasons I just mentioned. And so I think for your point as well, like, you know, if you have the capacity to be able to afford, but having shoes, even as tools, right? So you have the right tool for the job, depending on what you're doing. And I found like a more supportive shoe, still flat-ish, was a requirement for me to be able to do my seven miles and feel okay at the end of it. And then I get home and then I do all my foot care and my footwork and I roll out my feet and work on my toes and do all that stuff. So there's never, like you said as well, there's not one exercise, one shoe, one thing that's going to wave a magic wand and fix all of the problems. It's just being more mindful as well of how our feet are engaged in what we're doing. Yeah. And being forever curious wondering why I've had things I'm chasing around my body all the time. I had, I run a study group for the work that I do. And a couple weeks ago, I discovered that the movement in my jaw was affecting the movement of my pelvis. And I'd been chasing it around for a few months, thinking that an old wrist injury was the root cause of it. The wrist injury was part of it, but some of it was that my jaw from dental work and I've been hit in the head from dancing uh, affected my jaw movement. And so working on my jaw was uh, freeing up my pelvis. And so a lot of people, they're just dumbfounded by, what do you mean a little bone at the top of my head, (laughs) like the top of everything is affecting things way down the chain. And so that's, that's the fun of all of this is to be ever curious and wondering, you know, why is it that this thing isn't moving, but being the patience that this can take a long time. I mean, I ask people, how long have you had this movement (laughs) pattern, right? (laughs) 30 years? And we're not going to solve it in an hour. (laughs) It's going to take the time that it takes. Sometimes people's nervous system just goes, I like that. Let's do that. And other times it's like, there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's Mm -hmm. so true. I I'm just working on an outline for another episode of the podcast. And I was like, let me think of an analogy for like body maintenance as well. Right. And I'm like, you don't reach a point in which you're like, cool, I'm done now. I'm perfect. Everything is fine. Right. It is this thing that you're continually doing in the same way in that you don't 
reach a point where you never have to put oil in your car again. It's just like perfect because you've done it a few times. It's like, no, no, this is like to maintain the health of the car and your body. These are things that just happen ongoing. And it just, it is, it just is. But in spending the time thinking this way, being curious, doing it also then means that my body will be able to take me on all the adventures, whether it's looking at mushrooms or climbing a, a mountain peak. It's not really, it's a hill, uh, you know, but <laughs> like having that freedom to do what you want to do whenever you want to do it without pain. The analogy I liked is when you grow up, you realize that you're just forever cleaning up the kitchen. <laughs> it's <laughs> clean and everyone can relate to that like the dishes again <laughs> the counter needs wiping like it's the same thing so your true. body is never completely maintained just like your kitchen like, uh that water glass is in the sink so <laughs> i know isn't there a robot for that yet i would i, I would get that robot i would the dishes fairy <laughs> i know i mean i'm like everyone's like it's called the dishwasher i'm like listen it's a small apartment we do not have a dishwasher <laughs> one day one day you know we have scratched the surface i am super super curious of learning more about the work that you're doing i know listeners as well are going to want to come and learn more about getting in touch with our feet and our whole body so tell us a little bit more about I know you have some courses that are available now, things coming down in the future. Like what do you got going on and where can we find it? Sure. So if you're interested in the modality that I use, it's called anatomy in motion. So if you're a practitioner or a curious uh, lay person, you can take courses with Gary Ward's anatomy in motion. So if you look up findingcenter.co.uk, it'll be in your show notes. It is also the British spelling of center. (laughs) You can find courses for anatomy in motion for practitioners, but also two courses for just your body in general, if you're just a lay person. So there's one that he has that's just for feet and one that is for your body. And they're super cheap. I think they're like 15 pounds or something for about three hours of of course work. So anatomy in motion is the main modality that I use. And whenever I speak about it, I always make sure I that, that I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. This isn't my thought process. This is Gary Ward's thought process. So all of my work that I do one-on-one is based on that that modality, as well as some uh, breathing and pelvic floor work that I do as well, which we haven't talked about at all. Is no, important. you're going to have to come back and we're going to have to find <laughs> that is what's going to yeah. happen. So if you want to find me, I work one-on-one um, in person in Vancouver, Canada, or online internationally. So you can find me on flowmovement.ca. So that's the Canadian.ca, <laughs> not .com. <laughs> and there you can find a little bit more about me if you want to find out more about me and my approach. On there, I also have some courses. So I have free courses and some paid courses. One is it's called Refurbish Your Feet. So you can get mm. into transitioning into barefoot shoes with being able to restore all of the things in your body. Um, I have some more courses coming up that are going to be out next month. And you can also go to my YouTube channel. I have lots of free content on there. But all of that you can find through my website, flowmovement.ca. It will link you through to everything that you need to know. Awesome. Okay. And actually, I know I went that way, but I have one more question for you. Okay. As a foot nerd, movement nerd, all of the pieces coming together. What are your thoughts on feet parallel with walking? Uh, yes. So th- how much time do we have? <laughs> Three hours. <go. laughs> so the philosophy behind anatomy and motion is that we reintroduce the movements to your body that your body is missing. Like we say, the areas that are grayed out, and then we set it and forget it. 
So the exercises that I give you are restoring the things that your body needs to figure out that it needs the most. And then I ask you to do maybe five good repetitions of that exercise and then just forget it. Get on with your day. Go and do your thing. Let your nervous system decide how much of that movement is a little bit more efficient than what it was doing and a little less painful. But don't think about it again. Just let your body get on with it. Often we'll see a lot of people who will say, well, your feet need to be squared up and your hips have to be over your, your, the middle of your foot and all these things. These are the sort of the um, benchmarks of where your body should be based on your anatomical position. And that's all well and good. But the trouble is that if we force ourselves to be there, first of all, it's effortful. You know, you're, you're having to constantly think about it and put yourself somewhere and you're not really sure how to even get there. Like if you asked a room full of people to stand up tall, they'd all do it differently because they all have a different perception of how to do that. So first of all, telling someone to do something, everyone will do it differently. And secondly, it's going to cause more problems, right? So if you, and I've done this with every one of my intakes, I'll ask people to stand in their anatomical position and tell me what hurts. Mm -hmm. Is that better or worse with your symptoms? And everyone says, well, it feels weird. I don't like it. I want to get out of it. And it hurts the thing I came to see you about. Mm -hmm. So if I ask you to put yourself into an anatomical position, first of all, your body doesn't know what to do with that. And it's more effort. And we're busy enough. We don't want to have to think about how am I walking? Where am I standing? What's my big toe doing? You know, what's my FHL doing? We don't want to have to think about those things. And it's hard enough. You've seen people who text and walk into a pillar, right? <laughs> you don't want to be the person who's like, well, I was thinking about the hiking of my pelvis and, and I ran into a fountain. Like, I want it to be simple. Like we said, simple and easy are different things. I want it to be simple. So I don't want you to have to think about how you're walking. I want you to take the two minutes a day to do your exercise and then forget about it. Just let your nervous system decide. And the more you do the exercise, the more your body just goes, well, that's a bit better. I'll do that. And I'll have people discover. They'll, this is why I take, I take intakes. I take photos. I take videos on your intakes because people have body amnesia. They forget what they were like. The yeah. pain goes away and they go, oh, yeah, I came to you because my heel hurt and I couldn't hike for two years, but I totally forgot. I'm yeah, like, I'm well, now. That, that's, that's all that why is. you came to me. And yeah. so, and then people would be like, every, every single one of my exercises that I give people as we work together, the, the most important thing I do is a check-in with your foot pressures. Your foot pressures tells you where you are in space, how your body is orienting. And I use that as a check-in for people that you can do all the time to see your progress, to see if things are getting worse or better, or, oh, this thing's happening again. I better you know, get back on that exercise. And mm -hmm. so every time I do an intervention with people, a new exercise, I ask them for their foot pressures. First of all, it makes them go, oh, I have feet because we completely ignore them unless they hurt. And then they go, oh, that's interesting about my feet. Now I'm noticing my feet and now I'm noticing changes in my feet. And so we want to be going back to those foot pressures every time you do an exercise and people will look down and go, my feet are squared up. And then I'll say, so is that a surprise for you? Well, yeah, I've been trying to do that forever. And you just, you know, tilted my pelvis, moved my knee and holy crap. And then I'll say, does this feel natural? Does this feel okay? They're like, yeah. And I said, do you want to change anything about how you stand? No, this, I'm good. This is good. This feels totally normal. And they're like, okay, but look at the photo I took beforehand. You were yeah, all duck feet, cool. right? Yeah. And so we just gave back, we ungrayed out those boxes and showed the nervous system the things it's missing. And it just decided on its very own without any awareness that you have 
that my feet straight forward is more efficient, pain-free, and I'm going to do that. But you don't need to know that because that's way too much information. Go about your day. Don't think about me. That's way too much to think about. So your nervous system, it, like, it doesn't want you to know, like you're wearing glasses right now. It doesn't want you feeling your glasses all the time in your shirt. Right. And, you know, the, the temperature of the oxygen, like it doesn't, it's like, that's way too much information. So it right. just wants you to know the things that are important. And so that's yeah. why the work that we do is all about bringing back those awarenesses. Your nervous system can make the decisions, set it and forget it. I love that. Okay. And Holly, we are, we are not done. We have so many more conversations to be having about <laughs> breathing and core. So I'm literally, we're going to schedule your next session so we can talk oh, more. Cool. Yay, nerds. Yes, 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 yes. And also too, I just have to say as an, also a lifelong nerd, I remember as a kid feeling like an outsider, right? Because I was like super passionate about things and, and a total nerd. And like, as an adult, it has been so wonderful to meet other people who are similarly passionate and like super freaking nerdy about the things that we like. And so I'm just, I'm so grateful for you and for our paths crossing. So thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been great. The yeah, time has flown I, by. <laughs> no, and I can't wait for more. I mean, we're going to have more. We're going to have more. Awesome. So cool. I will put the links to everything that we talked about as well. And honestly, for those of you listening, if you're like, I must learn more, I'm also going to go to Holly's website and book stuff now too. So okay. I'll see you all there. <laughs> Thank you so much, Holly. You're welcome. Okay. I knew when I got her email that Holly was going to be a body nerd. And then when we talked, I was like, oh my gosh, you are the best of the body nerds. And I am so excited that we are connected. And like I mentioned, when we were having our conversation, she will be back to talk about more. So honestly, if you have any questions for Holly, not only should you go check out her website, uh, check out her courses, but also send them my way so that we can put that together for our future conversations. And so I want to know what was your biggest takeaway from today's episode? Maybe it's the next question you want me to ask Holly, you want us to talk about. So take a screenshot, tag me on Instagram. I'm at Holla for Mala. You can send me an email, uh, info at aewellness.com. You can find me on TikTok at aewellness. Or if you want to leave a voicemail, you can do that too. I have the Body Nerd hotline for you. It's 818-396-6501. Operators are standing by. No, I'm I'm just kidding. No one is going to answer the phone. It goes straight to voicemail. So if you have any phone anxiety, don't worry, but I would love to hear your voice. And don't forget that show notes, including the links to everything we talked about on today's episode, free downloads, the Body Nerds group, and all things podcast related, live over at aewellness.com slash podcast. And if you have the time, I would super, super appreciate it if you headed on over to your favorite podcast player of choice and left a review or subscribe to the show. That way you never miss a future episode. We have a lot of good stuff coming your way. If you have scar tissue, if you are interested in massage guns, if you want to talk about hypermobility, if you want to talk about elbow pain, I mean, I got you. I got you. So make sure you stick around. And here's asking better questions, moving more, paying more attention to our feet and getting nerdy. And thank you for helping me spread the word that your body is super cool and you, my friend, can change the unchangeable. I'll talk to you next week. Pain stops you in your tracks and body work is one of the fastest and most effective ways to deal with it. I've put together a free PDF with the six places you need to roll right now for quick relief. Plus, the reason why what you've tried so far has only given you a temporary fix. 
So whether it's back pain, plantar fasciitis, neck tension, shoulder pain, or tight hips, I've got you covered. And when you download it now, I'll also send you some video demos to get you started even faster. Head on over to aewellness.com slash bodywork, that's B-O-D-Y-W-O-R-K, to get started today. Thank you.